What's up, my beautiful Crips and Walkers? I am a day late, but welcome back to Handy Schlapped. Today, we are going to talk about grief and mourning. Coming right up on Handy Schlapped. Alright, everyone. Today is Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. And it is such a pleasure to be with y'all. Again, I want to thank you so much for always listening in on this show. And I hope y'all are having a great week so far. Um, up here in Wisconsin, it's finally getting nice and warm around here. It's been in the 60s this past week. I've been out and about, and um, carefully, of course. And uh, I met up with a friend of mine. We got coffee. It was really nice. And, you know, just to be out and outside of ourselves, outside of the isolation, um, especially with me and other people who are disabled can relate to this. Um, the winter isn't the best time for people like us. It's, um, you're always inside. If you're not working outside the home, um, that is, you're always inside your um, you can't you can't deal well with the cold because um, a lot of times being out in the really bad cold will stiffen your muscles and you can't drive your wheelchair that well and it's more chance of you getting sick it's just uh, the cold and the winter is our enemy and why do we why do people like me live up here in Wisconsin well other than the cold it's beautiful. Um, if you haven't been to Wisconsin before, you should at least look at it and see for yourself. It's a beautiful state, uh, beautiful land, beautiful parks. Just a beautiful, just a, it's just a beautiful place in nature. And you can really get a different perspective on the world in a place like Wisconsin or something similar. And I wouldn't one to have grown up anywhere else. I mean, there are other places I would like to maybe live or visit or whatever, but as far as growing up in the area that I grew up in, I couldn't have asked for a better or safer area. And um, I don't hope to be one of those people that stays in their hometown for their whole life. I don't know. I'm hoping not, but we'll see what God has planned, right? Because there's a whole thing where people don't want to be stuck where they live their whole life. They want to get out into the world and travel all over and see everything. Um, I don't know. It's um, There are places, but right now I'm just blessed to be where I am. Not just ge geographically, but we are all blessed in some way to be where we are in our lives right now. And wow, that was a lot to say over just the cold to warm weather here in Wisconsin. So, you know, we're off to a good start. Uh, as far as me goes, as I go, uh, I finally last week finished up the Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order. And man, what a great ride to go on again. Um, again, some of it for the first time. And just to watch all the films come together and timeline order is such a treat. Um, I, in a way, I kind of prefer the order of release over the chronological timeline. 
don't know, maybe to me, but it just seems like some of the post-credit scenes in the Marvel films line up better in the order of release format rather than the chronological order. Because the weird thing about it is that, like, some of the movies can overlap and they can be swapped. So there's not exactly a definitive timeline for doing it chronologically. Um, I don't know, it gets a little weird sometimes. So in a way, I kind of prefer the way the movies came out in the theaters from 2008 up to 2019. And with that said, I thought it was great. I loved the Marvel films. Uh, when I was younger, I was very snobby towards them. I was kind of a a film snob. Um, I just like to watch the artsy movies. And Marvel is an art. Marvel is just stupid comic book heroes making quick jokes at each other. And that's not filmmaking. You know, I kind of had that type of attitude. And, man, it's just stupid. Because, like, if you enjoy it, who cares? I mean, yeah, there are better films of different nature and uh, different forms of filmmaking and uh, directing, writing, uh, cinematography, and all that to tell the story. But these are Marvel films. I mean, it's not going to be Schindler's List or anything, but, I mean, in their genre, these are pretty great films, especially um, Infinity War, Endgame, with the way they tie together and... Yet, at the same time, they are two different films. And I just had a great ride watching Captain Marvel. She's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Captain America, Iron Man, all that. Uh, but yeah, it was a great ride. And now we are all in Phase 4, which is, uh, in a way you could say, the second Spider-Man film. Because um, it's after Endgame. And then there's WandaVision. Now, uh, when I first started WandaVision... Um, on Disney Plus, that is, in case you haven't seen it. Uh, I thought it was interesting, uh, in case you don't know. Uh, WandaVision is centered around uh, Scarlet Witch, or Wanda, Elizabeth Olsen's character from the MCU, and the Vision. And right away you're thinking, okay, spoilers ahead, in case you haven't seen these movies. Uh, but how can Vision be involved? Vision's dead. He died in Infinity War. So how is this going to work? Well, that's kind of the mystery of the show. But the catch of the show, the setup is that WandaVision is framed in like a parody of different sitcoms throughout the 20th century and the early 2000s. Um, so, like, the first episode is a lot like the Dick Van Dyke show. And um, Wanda and the Vision are uh, the couple in all these different setups for the sitcoms. And you're wondering, what the heck is going on? Like, each episode does a different time period in television history. So, like, the first couple episodes are, like, the Dick Van Dyke show, Bewitched. And then you get into more of the 60s and 70s. So then you get episodes that look like the Brady Bunch. Or you get another episode later that looks like, well, kind of funny. It looks like a Full House episode in the 90s. And then you get one that looks like Malcolm in the Middle. You get it. So you're wondering what the heck is up with all this. 
And then uh, you get scenes in the real world that are monitoring this. And it turns out that after... Uh, spoilers, are, spoilers ahead. Sorry. Spoilers ahead. But it turns out that after Vision died, and after all the events of Endgame, uh, Wanda goes back to uh, a place in a town called Westview. And in this town is where the Vision and Wanda were going to settle down. I mean, that's what it alludes to. And, like, she sits down at the... or kneels down in this little foundation of a house. This little plot of land that they were going to build upon. The house is being made yet. And she just kind of snaps. She snaps and she uses the full strength of her powers to entrap all of the citizens in this town of Westview into an alternate reality or in like a hex where everyone in the town is under her spell, trapped under her spell, and the whole the whole town becomes draped in these sitcoms. So like it's all regular and kind of run down when she gets there and then she turns it the whole town into like a tranquil uh town uh black and white like a mayberry and the griffith dick van dyke type of setting where everyone is in the 1950s they're all happy they have no problems that kind of thing and vision is alive okay so long story short why does she do this well she snapped and she couldn't take uh the whole thing anymore without vision so while she was snapping you could say uh she went back for vision's body where it was being stored and worked upon for scientific purposes um this company i can't remember if it's shield or sword uh this company in the avengers universe they're working on his body and she takes it away she steals it and she uses her uh, powers to, you can say, revive him, to keep him alive. Therefore, uh, trapping everyone in their little hex community where everything is perfect and right in Wanda's own little world, where her and Vision are together, they have children, and uh, that's only scratching the surface of what's going on in the show, but we're getting somewhere. So as you're watching the show, and you're seeing how Wanda seems to be kind of going through the grieving process. You know, like the the several stages of grief. You know, you got uh, denial, you got bargaining, and then eventually you got depression, and then acceptance. Um, I may be misquoting that, but you get the idea. So we see this image or this scenario where Wanda is trying to keep everything just happy between them two. They're in the perfect neighborhood, living the perfect life where nothing bad can happen to them anymore. It turns out when Wanda was growing up, when her parents died, uh, when her brother died, she filled those moments of grief and to keep herself going she would watch television 
sitcoms that her dad, her and Quick, uh, what's his name, Quicksilver, that her and Quicksilver's dad would have on DVD. So yeah, he does have collections of like the Dick Van Dyke show, Bewitched, um, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, and all that. That's how she would mourn. That's how she would get by was watching those shows at uh, different times in her life. So she used that as the backdrop for her present grieving process. That's how she dealt with things. Now, as you can understand, uh, whether you're going through a bad time in your life or you're experiencing a death of a loved one or something bad within yourself or you're disabled and you're having trouble dealing with it or whatever it may be, we all grieve and mourn differently and at different speeds. Yes, we go through the grieving process, but sometimes it's not always in the same order. Sometimes it's in a different order that we feel is best for us or just the way our brain um, reacts to it. Because grieving can be a very personal experience. Um, a lot of times uh, disabled people, I'm gonna say, go through crippling anxiety, uh, pun intended. Uh, a fellow um, social media influencer with a disability uh, coined that term. I thought it was great. And uh, uh, when you have this anxiety of, uh, I, th I talked about this on the show before, but when you have this anxiety of who's going to help me out, what's going to happen to me when I go through this scenario, X, Y, and Z, uh, that that can be mourning right there. You're mourning for the future. Um, but in a typical sense, we grieve for what we're going through now and what we've been through. And, you know, near the end of WandaVision, it asks um, a straightforward, common question that we've all asked ourselves. But just in the context of it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, um, when you're grieving, you want someone back so bad. And like I said, part of the grieving process um, in psychology is bargaining. What would you do to get someone back or to return to normalcy? A term we're all using nowadays to return to the normalcy of life before COVID, before the world shut down or before your loved one left you or passed away or whatever. The question is, who would you bring back? You could also say, when in time would you go back? But I'm gonna ask this with, who would you bring back? If you could bring back anyone in the world, anyone in your life, that is gone, whether they're gone personally, uh, maybe it's a broken relationship, or maybe just they simply died and you want them back more than anything. Who would you bring back? And would it be the same? Would it be the same situation if they did come back now that things in your life are a little bit different? Because you're not necessarily the same person you were when you were in that time of normalcy. 
before things in your life changed, before you lost that loved one. Things aren't exactly the same anymore. And um, when I'm not watching Marvel movies, um, I re- I'm a big fan of Stephen King. And uh, one of Stephen King's classic books that also sometimes gets overlooked because of his great emphasis in horror, obviously. And um, but um, this book is a horror book too, but in a different way. And that book is Pet Cemetery. I read this book a couple of years ago. Um, like, uh, or people have seen the movie or movies of Pet Cemetery. But basically speaking, uh, Pet Cemetery is about a family that moves to a new area. It's like a country road. They live alongside, and on this country road, uh, gets a lot of fast traffic, especially um, a particular uh, speeding semi-truck uh, that comes passing through at certain times of the day. Now, one day the family is together um, with their neighbor and everything, and one of his children, the, one of the dad's children, uh, his son actually is, I think he was three, his like three-year-old son is walking towards this road at the same time that a semi-truck is coming. And what happens? He gets killed by the truck. And uh, the reason it's called Pet Cemetery is because um, back behind the land more, behind the houses, uh, there's a little secret ritual site where the people of this area, uh, years ago, they would go back there and use it as a place to revive the dead. Uh, particular animals, this is, which is why it's called Pet Cemetery. Um, and the animals would try to be revived and all that. And so what does the dad do? Uh, after thinking about it, pondering upon it, the dad takes the chance to go back to this pet cemetery and uses its ritualistic influence to revive his dead son and it works but he's not the same son that he knew it's like a how do i put this it's like a less than version of his son like it's got some of the memories and it's got a way to acknowledge but the son that comes back it's not the same son He's different. He's a monstrous, you could say. Um, he's dangerous. And so it comes to the point, um, which is a huge theme throughout the whole story, throughout the book, and what makes the book on a different level so scary and so much deeper than other writings from Stephen King is. Um, there are different examples in the book as well. But you know what? Some things are just better left as they are. If not most things. Man, if that isn't a gut wrencher, I don't know what is. But when it comes to his son or different characters in the story, 
or people in our own lives, some things are just meant to be as they are. Sometimes the dead is just better off dead. Because if they, even if they were to come back, nothing would ever be the same. You can't go back to the way things exactly were. That same feeling is gone. What's left are the memories, but we can't in no way relive those memories exactly as they were. Those people that passed away, they're gone. Those loved ones that we wish we could get back, they're not. At least not in this life. In another life, yes, we'll get to that in a second. But I think about all these things and part of the grieving process, it ultimately comes down to acceptance. Accepting that things are different. Accepting that who's gone is gone, the dead is dead, and life is always changing. And if life is always changing, well, then maybe we need to change along with it. A lot of this reminds me of um, a story in the book of John. John chapter 11. Uh, this is with Jesus and his friend Lazarus. With Lazarus rising from the dead. So we read on in John 11 verse, verses 40 through 45. 46, sorry. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his hands and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But because of the people standing around, I said, it so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around him around with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who come, who came to Mary and saw what he had done believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus had done. Unquote. Okay, so why talk about all this? Why talk about um, the whole thing in WandaVision with the way she tries to... Uh, bring back the vision, they have kids together, and then all that had to go away. Why talk about grieving and mourning? Why talk about Stephen King's Pet Cemetery with the dad trying to bring back his son, to bring back the life that once was? Well, because, like I was saying, some things just need to be as they are. And when it comes to uh, death and moving forward, that's just all part of the game. That's just all part of the process. And so what Jesus is saying, though, 
in this passage is, in other words, fear not, for all those who trust in me shall never truly die. But when you think about it philosophically, um, we don't die per se, but our souls keep moving on to different stages. And so in a way, we are all eternal souls. But where will your belief take your eternal soul? When we trust in Christ, we trust in God deeply, we shall never die. We shall never be lost for eternity. And we shall be reunited with our loved ones yet again, but in a new form, not in the old form, not in the old ways, but in a new transformative way where we will have new bodies, a new life, a new way of us, where we will be completely changed and living in glorified bodies to our perfection, living in a faultless means. For that is the promise that is to come in living for Christ. For the old ways that we wish and long for are gone, and they have passed away. As Jesus, or I'm sorry, as Scripture says in the book of Revelation, for the former things have passed away. On a macro level, and on a micro level with our own lives. And I pray with you today, and I ask you today to let go of those things of your past that you wish you could go back to. Um, like I said earlier, I was with a friend of mine at a coffee shop yesterday, and we were talking about uh, things we could change in our lives, and she asked me, X, Y, and Z, and I said to her, well, there are certain relationships in my life I wish I could revisit and change the decisions that I made to make things better, but it's in the past, it's over, and if it weren't for those things, if it weren't for the things in my own life or all the other troublesome events in our, our lives, we wouldn't be shaped to who we are today. We also talked about if you were, if you had the opportunity right now, um, if God appeared to you right now, or a genie or whoever, whatever you want to picture it as, um, and you had the opportunity to take away that immediate pain that you have right now, to change that in your life. Specifically, she asked me, or if we talked about um, if God could take away your disability right now, would you do it? Um, the answer is likely yes. Uh, I'm always praying for God's healing in my life, and I'm praying for healing in other people's lives. But um, it's not something that I would answer immediately right away, because when you think about it, whether you're disabled or not, or you have been through a trauma or a lot of difficult things. Um, without those things, as difficult as they may be, they shaped you. They made you who you are. They made you who you are now. 
stronger, braver, more courageous. I mean, actually, a thing we got to think about too. So it's not entirely a bad thing to have, well, the bad things happen in our lives. To lose people, whether it's naturally or maybe someone was taken away from us through bloodshed or through um, just other means. Um, I have another friend of mine whose parents passed away in the same year, over throughout 2020. Um, it really rocked him, uh, but God was with him. So I ask you today, um, you can have fond memories of the past. You can look at the past in delight. But I ask you to let those things be as they are. Don't try to change them. And don't, because it could very easily ruin it. And then when, even if we could go back, this is from the Matrix, sorry. But even if we could go back, would we really want to, knowing what we know now? Obviously, a lot of us are going to say yes, but some things are just better left as they are. Some things are just better off dead. That way we can move forward. And for those who trust in the Lord, they shall never die. So I ask you to pray with me today as we close out. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all who are listening, Lord. Um, be with us, Lord God, in all the struggles we're going through, Lord, all the difficulties we have every day. The things of our past we wish we could fix. The things of our past we wish we could go back to. The people we wish we could bring back from the dead or maybe back into our lives that have walked away. And we just pray for us to trust in you. For anyone who is mourning or grieving, whether it's in their disability, they're alone in their disability, they're isolated, or just in general, you feel alone and isolated. Remember that you are never alone. Try to reach out to people to help us try to reach out to them, Lord. And I thank you so much for what you're doing with the podcast. And just be with all those who are listening. Lord God, all those who are alone and in trouble. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, today, I would just want to uh, thank you for being you always. Never apologize for being yourself and trusting God to help you move forward in your life. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please message me on Facebook or on facebook.com slash Jordan Schrader. Or you can email me at jordanrobert71 at gmail.com. Until then, this is Jordan Schrader from Handy Slapped. Take care, God bless, and as always, stay classy.